Hi, I'm Jillian. I play Friday Fancy, the high-strung detector, and it is good to be here. Hi, I'm Jory. I'm playing Rock Darling, the dashing roustabout, and it's good to be here. Hi, I'm Eli. I play Wanda Bain, the sultry scientist, and it's good to be here. I'm Jordan. I'm playing Theodore Flukenheim, the also high-strung engineer, and it is good to be here. I'm Jesse. I'm the GM, and that means that you are all cogs in my steam machine. Welcome to Many Realms. Twilight streaks through the smoke-choked skies of London. As the day winds down, merchants shutter the shop doors, fearful of roving packs of vandals and thieves. Cleaners clatter and wheeze through the streets, lighting lamps and sweeping the pavement. In the ether dens, cloud heads begin to stir, ready for another night's hazy carousing. And on Curzon Street, just east of Hyde Park, a horseless carriage pulls up with a gout of steam. The four of you alight, returning from a long day of research at the British Library. As Wanda steps out of the carriage, um, I have Wanda written down as like a CW model. Let's say she's got like inky black hair and that little like, what's it called? Beauty mark in the corner of her eye. Yeah. And she's a tall lady. Still sort of lightly glowing with a little bit of energy despite a long day. Whew, well that was a long one. How about I make everybody some tea when we get back? Friday, like she's she's not the kind of person who's gonna like backflip out of the carriage, but like she does dramatically. <laughs> she looks like she could. She looks yeah. like she could. She's choosing not to. She's choosing not to. It takes, <laughs> And that comes through very, very vividly. It takes a great load of restraint. <laughs> Um, but she does she just jump out. She's tiny. She's like five foot nothing, wearing, you know, trousers and some kind of fancy shirt, but it's stretchy so that she could do a backflip. She'll probably do backflips later. Friday's got, I think, like a ta- kind of like tool belt full of gizmos and gadgets. Yes, please put the kettle on because I've got a long night of work ahead. Rock darling is a tall, wide fellow. He saunters out of this, uh, this carriage and musses Friday's hair and says, after a long week, you're not going to take a load off Friday. Well, TJIF, thank God it's Friday. I'm Friday. I'm here and I'm going to do my work. Thank you. Come on, love. Why don't you have a pint and take a load off for the evening? And distract myself from important research. We were making breakthroughs today. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I forgot my keys. Uh, Theodore, darling. A foot meekly steps out from the carriage uh, to then a body attached to said foot, and the body of which is Theodore Flukenheim. 
uh, high strong engineer, as I've already said, but his posture is very slouched. Um, his shoulders almost coming up over his head. He he kind of listens to this this bicker back and forth, and then sorry, you've just called. Theodore, love, I forgot my keys. Do you happen to have yours? Um, yes. All right. Well, the door's right there. <laughs> right. I like this little, like, team dork. I hope he gets a chance to prove himself. Sturdy and Wild's detective agency is small and cramped, but homey. Barbara Sturdy has ensured that the agency is well-stocked with research materials, and her laboratory in the corner is meticulously organised. Jonathan Wilde is responsible for the messy but detailed case board on the wall, laden with sketches, scrawled notes, maps, and string. He's also responsible for the empty liquor bottles and fish and chip wrappers scattered on every flat surface. You were meant to meet Barbara here after you had concluded your research today, but when you enter the office, she's nowhere to be found. Maybe I'll just do British the whole time. Who fucking cares? <laughs> Nothing matters. <laughs> Nothing matters. Life is a joke. You might as well be fucking British. Barbara? There's no reply. Did Barbara say she was going out? I don't believe so. She should be here. Quite unlike her not to leave a note. You cast your eyes around the room Friday fancy and find that Barbara's precise and organised mind has indeed left a note on the desk. It reads as follows. Wilde was supposed to meet me this morning, but he never turned up. The last time I saw him was yesterday afternoon when he said he was off to work on an urgent new case. I'm on a tight deadline to find Lady St. Germain's missing parakeet, so I need your help. Track Wilde down as quick as you can. There's no time to lose. It's signed B. S. Bullshit. No, just B. <laughs> just B. Just B. Just B. <laughs> Wanda drops the cup of tea she was holding and she falls to her knees. What? This couldn't be possible. Get a hold of yourself, Wanda. I guess we have a work to do. Told you the work is never done. Ugh, right again, Friday. Always working weekends. Don't they know we need some balance? He must just be down by the wall for something. I'm, I'm sure he'll come back soon, right? Uh, Wanda, it's, 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 it's okay. We'll, we'll find him. We have to save that handsome face, that genius mind. I want to look through wild stuff. Rock, what are you, what are you doing? Well, if Wilde was working on a case, maybe that's where he is. Rock, there are three entries on Wilde's case board. Hubert Fenwick, age 70, found dead in his study. Shot by steam pistol, founder of Fenwick Industries. Rumour has it, he was in the process of deciding which of his two daughters would be tapped to take over the family business. Widely known as a shrewd, uncompromising businessman. Lucy Fireball Fenwick, age 32, elder daughter of Hubert Fenwick, a gambler and layabout whose skills include losing at cards and spending her family's money, silver tongue with a love of whiskey, men and women, and spending her time at the Hungry Hound Club. As the eldest, she is the first in line to inherit her father's company. Arabella Fenwick, age 25, younger daughter of Hubert Fenwick, a brilliant inventor and machinist at Fenwick Industries. Beautiful, but shy and awkward, and largely friendless as a result. 
recently engaged to Edward Dashing of the Dashing Derby Empire, but rumours swirl about an unhappy courting. Okay, it looks like Wilde was searching the murder of Hubert Fenwick. Where am I from? It changes every time I speak. <laughs> east, East, East London. <laughs> Jory, Jory, you're from steampunk England, so you can be where you can do whatever the fuck you want. It looks like Wilde was looking up this murder of Hubert Fenwick and has, I think, two suspects or other people he could have been looking for. Lucy Fireball Fenwick or Arabella Fenwick. So that sounds like our first lead. Well, why do you suppose her name is Fireball? Well, evidently, she's quite hot. <laughs> she's proper fit, yeah? Um, <laughs> can Wanda try um, to call Wilde's steampunk cell phone? Wanda, you attempt to contact Wilde via ether telegraph, but receive no reply. His machine seems to be out of service. I relay that to the team, more specifically Friday. Is there a way to fix this? Is it... What's happening? If you want me to take a look at anything, then you're going to have to find me some kind of energy to go on. I don't think any of that's going to start here. But the person you should be asking is Theodore, who's actually quite competent at this. Oh. Uh, well, I, 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 <laughs> Theo, I forgot you were in this room. <laughs> you just disappeared. Are you here? <laughs> I, sorry, I didn't mean to breathe any of your air. I know it's precious. <laughs> I know it's a precious resource, but what with all the steam taking up all of the atmosphere. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I, I could have a look at it. But do you think that yours isn't working, but it could just as easily be the other end, yes? Well, you are a very smart engineer, and I'm going to ask you to roll to determine what you can learn. As this game is a hack of ladies and feelings, there are two kind of types of role. There are sturdy roles, which are about science, reason, calculation, investigation. And there are wild roles, which are more about uh, rapport, intuition, seduction, passion, action. So uh, investigating this technological device and trying to figure out what is happening to Wilde's telegraph would be a sturdy role. And so you're going to try to roll under your number. Uh, yeah, I got a three and a one. Theodore, you take Wanda's telegraph and attempts to send out another signal to Wilde to see if he can get any response. And you determine by the scratching of the steam-powered needle and the tiny blinking lights across the top of the telegraph that Wilde's machine is attempting to send a response, but parts of it have been damaged. I'm afraid I have bad news. Mr. Wilde's ether telegraph communicator it seems to be completely unoperational. I, it's just going to be up to us to find him. Though, um, the silver lining is that I think the casino is a wonderful place to start, Rocket. Great, then let's not waste any time, shall we? <laughs> Wanda has actually put on Wild's jacket instead of her own and is already out the door. The Hungry Hound is a card club, bar, and uh, inn. Deep within the grimier, dingier, and smokier neighbourhoods of London, you enter the club by descending down a long, dark, twisting stairwell into a low basement room. Clouds of ether smoke swirl above your heads and the smell is pungent as people uh, pull from long pipes. You can smoke the internet? You can smoke <laughs> the internet in this, yeah. Whoa. As you enter, you certainly get the sense that uh, since you're not regulars and you look quite out of place as more respectable members of London society, you are not necessarily welcome in the Hungry Hound. 
but here's where you find yourself. What do you do? Do we have like any kind of like sketch or portrait of Wild? You could make one, I suppose. How's your drawing skills? Uh, I'm probably good at like straight lines and graphing. Yeah, you need you need the someone who's got more heart. Perhaps Wanda could do a sultry drawing of Wild. Yeah, but he's gonna be naked. <laughs> Is that a problem? I can only do naked people. <laughs> Only two new blokes. <laughs> um, yeah, let me try to draw him. I've only stared at him every day. It's four, my numbers are two, it's over. You have a full sketch of Wild's face on a piece of parchment in front of you. I hand my drawing over to Rock and I say, It's finished. I don't think I properly captured him, but we could maybe use it. Well, we got this, and we also got the picture of Miss Fenwick, so maybe one of those will work. And I go up to the barkeep. The barkeep is a big, tall guy with tattoos. Oh, British. The barkeep is a big, tall guy with tattoos crawling up both arms. He is drumming his fingers on the bar top when you approach, and he shoots you a glance out of the corner of his eye, and he says, Can I help you? Yeah, can I please get a pint of Guinness? Steam Guinness. Steam you want Guinness. Steam Guinness? Yeah. Oh my God, we always do this. <laughs> we're not very funny and we're not very creative, but we do have Steam Guinness here. TM. Um, he pull, he Why did you go point. with Steam Whistle? Like what? Oh. Steam Whistle is Canadian, bro. I think it's too niche. <laughs> Whatever. Well, then it makes it better. <laughs> Criticism aside, he pulls you a pint of Steam Guinness, Danny, and slams it on the bar top. Steam Bud Light. I know this is a uh, popular place. Lots of people coming through here. Yeah, do you know either of these people? I put the two varying qualities of portraits on the table. The bartender first eyeballs the photo of Lucy, then the sketch of Wild. He looks up at you. So, would you say your name might be? My name is Darling, Rock Darling. You're looking for these two. Why is that? We don't know where they are, so we won't find them. I think you should roll for Wild to try and sort of get a bit of a rapport going with this bartender who seems suspicious of you. Um, that's a three. Oh, you got your number exactly. Uh, that's great. You are a master detective. You get special insight into what's going on. You can ask the GM any question and they'll answer you honestly. Obviously, don't ask me who killed the guy or like exactly where Wild is. Come on. Where's Wild? The second. Um, Three more wishes. I mean, I already, this happened because I asked him a question, right? The question I asked him was, have you seen either of these people? Here's the trick. He says, no, I haven't seen Lucy, but yes, I've seen this man Wild. And you know, he's lying about Lucy. He's lying about Lucy. All right, I'll make a note that he's lying about Lucy, but I will ask, when did what? When did he come by? A few hours ago. He's, I think he's still here. He rented a room. He came by. He rented a room. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> he rented a room. School Ruby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I'm going to turn around and tell, relay that information to my team. He's not done talking to you. Oh, never mind. I'm going to stay there and drink my Guinness. He jerks a sum uh, to uh, a shadowy corner and he says, his room's down those steps there if you want to go talk to him. <laughs> okay. So the, thank you so much. Um, and I'm going to tip him extra. He nods at you without smiling. And now I turn around and relay the information to the team. 
Wanda sprints. She runs in her high heels towards the downstairs. Wanda, you head down the stairs to a dingy, almost pitch black room. There is a crude wooden door that's barely hanging onto its hinges. It's half ajar. And you, I imagine, burst through it in your desperation to find Jonathan Wilde. Jonathan Wilde is not in this room. Oh no. Jonathan! We're going to have to fight people. This looks like a quite dingy, dingy cellar. This might be where they manufacture dirt and then export it to other parts of the city. It's fucking disgusting. (laughs) And as soon as you take a couple of steps in, swinging about, looking for any sign of Jonathan, you hear scratches on the floor and coming out of cracks in the corners. And that's when you, Wanda, are beset upon by three scrap eaters. What's that? Scrap eaters. Yeah, what is that even, innit? Uh, Scrap eaters are big, rat-like monsters with shiny, sharp teeth. They chew on dust and rust and old pieces of equipment, and they love uh, eating the shiny metal right off you. And they don't mind if they take a chunk of your flesh out in the bargain, do they? All rats. Well, Xboxer. I'm going to punch him. Punch the rat in the nose. Can I have a headlamp? You can have a headlamp, yeah, sure. It's a gadget. In the light of Friday's headlamp, Rock, you see Wanda being tackled down by the scrap eater that immediately starts chomping on her. Did you take a steam pistol? Yeah. Well, you didn't know more because it eats it, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Friday aims her headlight beam and tries to give you an opportunity to bop this thing square on the nog. You need to roll a wild roll. Three. A three and a one. You uh, smash your meaty roustabout fist into the top of the scrap eater's head and it uh, lets loose a low moan and scurries back into the dusty corners of this room. Wanda is lying on the floor, breathing heavily. She's landed on something, something red and uh, catching the low light from Friday's headlamp. It's Wilde's tie. Oh. Well, no. You'd recognize it anywhere because of how red it is. Can we inspect the tie at all? Yeah, well, it sounds like uh, Wanda has enough of an obsession that she can, like, I don't know, get the scent. I sniff it. Yep, that's wild. <laughs> that's my You add it, you put it over his jacket, and your wild cosplay gets 10% more complete. <laughs> I have a thought, and it is to grab one of the rats by the scruff of his neck, walk out into the bar, and say, All right, why don't you tell me the truth this time? But I don't know if. I have to successfully grab a rat by the scrap of his neck first. Uh, I don't think you need to roll to grab a rat, but I think it would be um, a wild roll to sort of intimidate the rest of the bar. Got another three. Keep getting threes. Holy shit. might be. You have it set to OP. Rock, I think you grab a scrappy stray one by the tail. It's squirming and screaming as you hold it up and you march out of the uh, cello room up back to the bar and you swing it down and you slam it on the bar top. It's uh, probably actually doesn't survive that. It's just a little giant rat. And you successfully cause the bartender to flinch. He backs up a couple paces and looks up at you. All right, why don't you tell me where both of these people are and be honest this time? He crosses his arms defensively, he says. Lucy's in that room there. But if you so much as lay a finger on our loose, you're going to have this whole bar up your... Up your Trousers and boxing your ears and sort of twisting you into pretzel knots. It's not going to be good for you. You're going to get beaten up real bad, okay? As for that dirtbag wild. Yeah, he came by asking questions, sticking his nose into things like he's wont to do. We set him packing, didn't we? He's not welcome here, Thungry Hound. Thank you. 
I promise not to hurt your friend, and maybe you should hire an exterminator. Seems like I did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I gesture towards the room that um, Lucy is in for one of my compatriots to go talk to her. Friday and Wanda, you let yourself into the... It's like a girl's thing, you know? You let yourself into the small room. This actually is a room that Lucy has taken at the Hungry Hound, and not a, a mean prank to that effect. Lucy Fireball Fenwick, the lady herself, is passed out on a small bed, stone drunk. Uh, you can see empty bottles and hear empty bottles as every step in this room produces a noticeable clink. And you can see, in fact, as you watch her sleep, that... um. Her mascara's running a little bit. Looks like she's been crying. Hmm. I want to find some water or additional alcohol and just splash it on her face. Yeah, you find something low proof not to dry out her skin. (laughs) (laughs) You give her a a London bird bath. Morning, love. What? (coughs) What bloody hell is this now? Wanda takes the more gentle approach and hands her some water. I thought you might want some. What are you doing in here? Uh, looking for a gentleman that you might know. I swear, I didn't, I didn't start nothing. I didn't hurt nobody. You got the wrong gal. It's not me. It's not Fireball. Well, do you want to tell us where Mr. Jonathan Wilde is? She sniffs and she uh, sits up and crawls backward and rests her head against the cool brick of this basement room. And she says, who's that, love? Wanda produces the tie from her pocket. Handsome fellow wearing this tie. He rented a room here today. Oh, this chap. No, that's uh, that's Noah playing his tricks. He did come by. He came to ask me some questions and he told me about... About Dad. Oh, dreadful news. Terribly sorry. I had nothing to do with it. You know that perfectly well. And I'll swear on any, any Bible, any book, I had nothing to do with it. And if you suggest otherwise, I will drag your name through the muddy street to this city with my last breath. Penny for your thoughts. Who do you think would have done it? I don't know. Who killed my father? Obviously, he's a very important man. Wilde seemed pretty sure that I was the one that did it, but it's not true. He thought it was because of the company, Fenwick Industries. Dad wanted me to take over. He wanted me to straighten up and become the a, a proud Fenwick, uh, a society lady, but that's not really me. Look around you. It's not where I flourish. But I like the money. I don't know, I didn't know what I was going to do. And then Wilde asked if I thought Arabella might have done it. She could never. I Could could she? She's, she was very upset at the thought of losing the company. I think she thought I might sell it off, which I would never do. But my sister, a killer, it couldn't be true. We can uh, triple check and make sure it wasn't her. Hmm? But we need to know where to find little Miss Arabella. And Wilde. Arabella, she'll always be at the factory, day and night, except for when she has uh, engagements with her betrothed, but you can't keep her out of her workshop. Wanda makes sure her glass of water is full and says, Thank you, darling. You've been very helpful. We'll try not to bother you, and I'm sorry for your loss. Friday does, like, a sarcastic curtsy and leaves. Wanda says, You know, Friday, I think we make a pretty good team. I agree. It's not often I get to do field work. You pick up Rock and Theo at the bar where they're playing tiddlywinks and make your way to your next destination. Wait, who won? Theo, I think. He's the, he's the quiet brains, which is what you need for tiddlywinks. Yeah. 
the carriage rolls over from the nasty neighborhood of the Hungry Hound to Fenwick Industries, a sprawling red brick factory. The many smokestacks of the factory alternately belch steam and smoke into the evening air as the sun sets and long shadows begin to pool in the cobblestones of the London streets. When you arrive at the factory, you find the entrance guarded by two burly-looking women. They are wearing Fenwick Industries uniforms and have steam pistols slung about their hips. Before we go breaking into a factory, can I try and do some gadget stuff in the carriage ride over? You certainly can. Cool. I try and hack the telegraph device. So if I can like attune it specifically to Wild's device. Yep, so make a sturdy roll. Well, it's a good thing my number is very high. Uh, I rolled two fours or two successes. The rest of you, I think I'm on the outside third person perspective, watch as Friday pulls increasingly small and complex gadgets from her belt and starts tinkering with them and uh, adjusting the ether telegraph sitting on her lap. Uh, as she adjusts a bolt, a gout of like steam bursts forward, except that it's ether infused and you could swear you hear the scream of your dead grandmama like <laughs> caught in the, it's kind of ghostly. Friday, you finish your adjustments and you can see that the signal from Wild's Telegraph is coming from within the factory walls. In fact, your work is so keen and precise that you can locate it down to the exact room. Damn, that's so cool. Well, before we go busting in anywhere, thought you would all like to know, I know where he is. Well, where his telegraph is anyway. Where? Well, in this room, precisely. Her nose is pressed up to the screen and is like, do you think that looks like a closet? It's a little small. I think it might be a closet. <laughs> I'll, I'll just I'll just take that. Thank you. Would you like to try heading through the main gate or find an alternative means of entry to the factory? This party seems ill-fitted for being secret. Well, we've got that acrobatic bitch as oh, well. yeah, true. <laughs> in my notes is what sorry, I see here. Sorry, I, re- I, I emphasized the gadget bitch part. I forgot about the acrobatic part. Maybe we want to pitch it as like a um, a two-prong offensive where Friday sneaks up and the rest of you try to get in and see what you can learn on the ground. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, how are we missioning, mission impossibling this? What about if I'm trying to feign that I have like a pitch meeting for the Steam Cool shirts to have a, <laughs> like a, a distribution deal with this factory? Sure. Um, let's start with... Friday. Do you have an idea for how you'd like to approach? Yeah, all I'm thinking about is um, getting in from the roof. All right. Friday fancy. You alight from the horseless carriage half a block before it stops in front of the gate and the rest of your compatriots carry out their segment of the plan. Idling lazily down the street and into a tiny cobblestone alley, you survey the length and width of the Fenwick Industries factory casing the joint, looking for your entry point. Can I do the thing where the alley's really narrow and I do the splits and I like walk up the wall? Friday, you kick out your legs, leap up into the air. It's very lucky that London is a city that's so overbuilt, so dense with railings, rivets, crooked bricks, handholds, footholds. It's a playground. And sometimes it seems like you're the only one who notices just how easy it is to get precisely where you want to go. With a couple of 
tight rolls and juicy flips, you find yourself on the gravel-coated roof of the factory. And there you see a skylight. And beneath it, a warmly lit workshop. A figure in shadow moving about the countertops in the corner. Your tracking device says that the signal is coming from this very room. Guess I have to get a skylight open. From the moment we rolled up, I'm I'm literally just thinking of like Mission Impossible, like dangling in from the ceiling. So I don't know. I have some kind of like steam powered laser because that makes sense to cut a hole in the roof. And I have some kind of grappling hook that I can tie to myself to like into the room. Okay, make a steady roll. That's a two. You lower yourself in. This workshop is not exceptionally big and the figure is moving about with such uh, intense activity that um, it's with perhaps a less modicum of cat-like grace that you plunge down onto the ground, drop on all fours as quietly as you can and press yourself against the back of the work table waiting for the moment to show yourself, perhaps getting an opportunity to eavesdrop for a moment before then. We'll cut back to our other three at the gate of Fenwick Industries. Uh, and I think the plan was to dragons den it. <laughs> I, I suppose, yes. Um, I like Shark Tank. I think the uh, plan was to Shark Tank it. Shark Den. Theodore approaches them, brandishing his steam cool shirt. In a steam city, steam hot, gets a bit muggy. People are sweating. They're uncomfortable. So the steam cool shirt aims to fix this problem as well as when it gets cold sometimes give a little 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 warmth and so what it is is two and two layers of fabric i'm not sure what the fabric is and in between there's a slight 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 seam for for air to 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 come through and the idea is that when you want it to be hot some steam in in all the right places more steam goes and so you kind of start to you know inflate in the in the right places let's say it's very aesthetic uh, and then for the cool side of things, it's more of a uh, removing of the heat from the body, a, 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 an osmosis. It of, wicks of, the steam. It what? It wicks. It wicks the person's natural steam away. Yes. Yes. It's it it, it aids in, in, in essentially uh, bolstering your body's natural ability of, of of you know sweating to to get rid of things. It does that in a more uh, organic way. That is the steam cool shirt. Yes. Hi. Um, Hello, I have <clears throat> I have a meeting with uh, Mr. Fenwick, and I'm running a bit behind. It's in the next ten minutes. I'm here to to discuss the well. I'm sure you've heard of it already. It must be all the talk around the factory. The steam cool shirt. The guard swap glances. One of them rubs her chin and looks down at you and says, "We weren't given any notice of any kind of meeting of the sort." I turn to the other two. With my with my hand over my mouth, perhaps I've I've said too much already. You see, this is a very private private meeting. I don't think that Mister Fenwick really wants the information going around. Can you please not repeat what I said? But please, I need I need to I need this is a a, a we are talking forty bajillion pounds. Bajillion, eh? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna ask you to make a wild roll. Uh, can I try and help him? Uh, if, tell me how you're trying to help. I'm gonna put an arm around him and be like, and try and just talk him up. My friend Teddy is gonna be the next greatest inventor you've ever seen. If he misses this meeting with Benwick, you'll be hearing 
I'm sure. You'll be hearing it. I'll, <laughs> You'll be Nailed hearing it. it. You'll be hearing it. <laughs> you will have heard of it. Um, like he said, it's forty bajillion pounds. You know how much money that is. Is he misses out on this deal? You're likely to get canned. Okay, you can make a, a wild roll and see if you can succeed and help uh, Teddy. Four. Nice. It just barely makes it. So um, you get one more die, Theo. No. <laughs> no? Okay. The guards look at each other and one of them says, uh, Oh, I didn't understand it was a 40 bajillion pound invention. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Let me show you to the VIP entrance. <laughs> and the other one is trying to stifle back laughter. And the guard uh, reaches to her right and pulls a trash can out from the curb. And she dramatically flourishes and opens the top. And she says, right this way, Mr. <laughs> Inventor. All right. I want to clock him in the face. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you want to beat up the guard? I want to clock him. I just want to punch him in the face so we can get past. All right, roll wild. Can I get a second? Because I was a boxer. This is roustabouting, yeah. Yay. Can I try as Rock is punching a lady in the face? <laughs> I want to try to get a key, the key from the side of her belt or whatever. Oh, jeez. You'll also need to roll wild. Um, I got a two and a five. Okay, so that's one success. I was just gonna have them try the shirt, and then the you know the proof is in the pudding. I'm sorry. I wanted to punch people. I'm here to punch today. Theodore, you feel this plan immediately getting away from you. You agreed that you were going to go in and try to sell this shirt and get past the gate, and the second it didn't work, Rock smashed this god in the face as she was comically holding up in a trash can, and Wanda said. And immediately rifled through her pockets and grabbed keys off of her belt. And the two of them just reach down and grab you under each arm and hustle you through the gate directly to the front door of the factory. It takes all your might just to hang on to your valuable prototype steam cool shirt. Is there anything heavy we can put in the way of the door? Yeah, you find a big barrel of gears that are non-functional and just used to aesthetically decorate the outside of hats. And you roll that in front of the doors. It's not, it's like a steampunk world, but like a literal one where it's like. It's steampunk. It's a world that is obsessed with steampunk, the external aesthetic it invented. Could you imagine? Challenging. Where to next? I guess we can walkie talkie Friday, see where she's at. And send a message to Friday? Where are you? You up? (laughs) Friday, you go pale as hiding behind the work table in this small workshop on the top floor of Fenwick Industries, your ether telegraph communicator starts to scratch and beep with an incoming message from your friends. You hear tools clatter onto the table and a voice behind you say, Who's that? I pop up (laughs) dramatically. Thought I'd pop in. A young woman is frantically reaching without looking on the table beside her for a steam pistol. And she draws it and points it at you and she says, How did you get in here? Well, I snuck in. It's kind of the point. Well, now it looks like it's time for you to sneak out. I think I have some questions for you. My employer went missing and now his telegraph device is in this very room. And I thought maybe you'd like to tell me why that is. You work for Jonathan Wilde. I do. Oh, I suppose that's all right then. She tosses the pistol over her shoulder. He left me his telegraph uh, a few hours ago when he came to speak with me. 
It was broken. He said he had an altercation at the Hungry Hound and he wanted me to see if I could repair it. suppose that would make sense. He's missing. Um, I take it you didn't kill your father. Uh, <laughs> thank you. No. No doubt. This uh, like young that. woman who is dressed completely in like greasy overalls. She has long blonde hair stuffed into a cap and big spectacles. But underneath, of course, you recognize the noble features of Arabella Fenwick. She crosses her arms and she says, any other sharp questions, detective? Do you know who might have killed your father or where my employer might be? She looks down and she opens her mouth to speak. And then the alarm sirens in the entire factory start blaring, cutting off any chance of communication. Wanda, Rock, Theodore, sirens start blaring throughout the factory and you can hear footsteps coming from the hallway at the far end. Just like Friday, not to answer her texts. When you fling through a large double door, trying to avoid the sound of increasing footsteps and hurried voices at every turn, you find yourself in a room with a couple of mechanics who are working on a automaton who has his head pulled open. His mechanical brains are kind of spraying out in all directions as they attempt to rewire him. And as you fling open the door, they both turn to you and yell, No, don't! Warm orange light starts to flicker in the machine's eyes. And as it sees you, it says, Intruder detected. With one arm, it wrenches free from the leather straps that are pinning it in place against this wall. Uh, With its other hand, it picks up a large metal table and tosses it at all of you. I think you all need to make a wild roll to react. Five. Yay. You all succeeded? (laughs) With... Farcical precision, the three of you duck as this table flies above you and smashes the window of these double doors. One of the mechanics is trying frantically to retie the leather straps against this uh, horrible machine man. And the other one runs up to you and he says, you can't be in here. You need to go now. But when you turn through the smashed window, you can see guards, the same guards trickling in down the hallway, spreading out and searching for you, getting closer. Theodore, make it friendly. What? Uh, how? Think of it as a really smart steam Okay, well, I, I, I need you to distract it then. It's quite big. Oi, metal fella. Won't you come do, won't you come mess with me? And I'm gonna um, lure it to, like, corner me so that the back of it is exposed to Theodore. I think this is rock making a wild roll to support theo making a sturdy roll that's a two Uh uh-oh that's a failure theo you can still make your sturdy roll what's your number it's four so the first one was good theo wanda is just sort of like you need to do something you need to solve this problem you're the only person who has the faintest idea of what's going on here and you climb up the sort of scaffolding that the other uh mechanic was working on before this thing broke free as you do you look down and wince as you see a metal claw bonk rock on the head pretty severely he passes right out and goes down like a sack of potatoes i climb on the back i guess or wherever there's an access panel i suppose unless it's a remote thing maybe there's a remote thing it's not a remote thing you're climbing up the scaffolding next to the mechanic and uh she turns to you wild-eyed and she says we can't stop its brain from overheating 
we can't stop it overheating. Well, here's my curveball for you. Um, this is the prototype of the hot cool oh shirt. So the one of the main kinks I'm trying to work out is that if you open up the clock for the steam filling thing to go for too long and the orientation isn't right, then it actually can overfill and become, it could actually like severely burn the person that's inside the shirt to the point of perhaps it could over overheat. It's almost like a grenade. You pull out a piece of tubing from the side and disconnect it from exactly. where it normally goes and like re-plug it in. And then suddenly this wad of fabric and mechanics grows hot in your hands. You stuff it in the thing's brain and then with your elbow slam the headpiece down so it locks in. And then you say, the robot explodes in a shower of guts and gears and nuts and bolts. The scaffolding almost tips over, but you and the mechanic brace against the corner of the room and try to shield yourselves from flying bits of shrapnel. Wanda, you jump behind the table that was thrown at you seconds earlier. Rock, unfortunately, is already unconscious on the ground, and he takes a very heavy battering of shrapnel, but... As the thing explodes, you can see Theo as you turn back and see the results of your work. This thing is lying on the floor, uh, oozing steam from every pore. And the guards and workers that were coming to investigate have turned and run the other way. And there's no sign of anyone uh, in this section of the factory besides the two mechanics that are cowering in the corner. Uh, uh, rush to Rock's side, I yeah. suppose. Are any of you mechanics possibly also a doctor? What did you do to that thing? I, 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 I had a bit of a malfunction with my prototype and uh, I capitalized on it. That's remarkable. That thing heated up faster than anything I've ever seen. If you rewired the coolant system, you would actually create a very efficient cooling apparatus. Well, as much as I want to continue the pitch and I see that opportunity... You know, rock is a priority, so I, I use the uh, uh, our, our telegram to telegram Friday. So I think Friday you receive the telegraph that reads F for rock. <laughs> Can you help? Uh, and I and I also got a text that say, "Where are you?" Um, Your phone is blowing up. Yeah, <laughs> much like a robot skull five minutes prior. Okay, so maybe Arabelle goes to answer, and I just go, hold, please. <laughs> I just start, like, furiously texting. Uh, and I'm like, hmm, seems my friend has been hurt. That's probably why the sirens are going off. Sorry about that. Can you help? I think we can just cut to the four of you up in Arabella's workshop. A company medic has uh, treated rock. Arabella is equally fascinated, Theodore, by your invention, which has the destructive capacity to take down a Fenwick automaton in a matter of seconds, not an easy feat. Um, yes, well, that was actually uh, due to a malfunction. Uh, it's actually supposed to be much more beneficial for society at large than, than that. Um, but if if you like the idea, I perhaps could bring by my next prototype sometime soon. I think we could arrange something like that. But first... We need all of us to talk. What are you doing here? I've already spoken to Wilde. What is going on? May I ask uh, what information Mr. Wilde got from you? I told him that I didn't know who killed my father, and I certainly did not kill him myself. He 
It was a hard man to like, and he didn't quite maybe appreciate having a, a daughter like Lucy when he wanted someone to take over and run the factory. And he didn't appreciate having a daughter like me. He said I had no head for business, that I wasn't good at working with people. I suppose I tried to shoot you the second he walked in, so he might have been right about that. But I didn't shoot him. I haven't been to the house since it happened. I've been staying with my fiancé, Edward Dashing. May I ask about your betrothed? The heir to quite the, uh, quite the fortune as well, is he not? Dashing derbies, one size fits all, elastic brim, the finest felt in all of England. Quite a remarkable product. I have a few of those hats myself. Now tell me, how'd you meet? She, um, kind of glances away. She's been described as being sort of, like, shy and not good at talking to people and not good at, like, dealing. So you can read her emotions very easily. She is kind of lying and just sort of buffing through it when she's like, oh, you know, one of those parties or another debutante ball and they swept me off my feet and all that. Sorry, do you love this man or not? <laughs> Make a wild roll. Oh, you on. cold bitch. <laughs> it's a six! Oh, Yay. wow. When you say, do you love this man or not, Arabella bursts into tears. <laughs> and she says, No! I don't love him. He's a right prat. It is a very prudent decision for our two families to merge and for our two companies to merge. Wanda wants to take the ring off of her finger and says, Arabella, darling, I know we don't know each other very well, but I see myself a bit in you. And can I just tell you, love is the most wonderful thing, most wonderful thing. And so I don't want you to miss out on it for a business opportunity. But father's dead. If, if we don't secure the future of Fenwick Industries, Lucy and I will have nothing. Did your dear Edward get along with your father? Yes and no. He always was on his best behaviour when father was around, but I don't know how much he truly liked dad. And I don't know if the feeling was mutual. I think everyone involved just agreed it made sense from a financial point of view. You don't think that Ed would have anything to do with this? I don't know anything yet, dear, but ought to go to the manor, don't we? Yes, if that's if that's where Wilde was headed last and you're on his trail, then... It stands to reason. Would you like to come with us? No matter what, I had better see for myself this thing through to the end. I, When I got the news, I just threw myself into my work here because I didn't want to face the reality of what we were going to have to do. But father's gone and I can't hide in my workshop forever. As your carriage makes your way to the southwest corner of London, not far from Buckingham Palace... Faint stars pierce through the heavy smoke clouds that rise above London. The streets fall silent except for a couple of corners of light and noise. And you alight at Fenwick Manor, a huge sprawling building. Fireball Fenwick is staring at the front gate when you arrive in the carriage. She turns and her expression hardens when she sees her sister. I'm here, Arabella. What do you think this is all about? Arabella says. I don't rightly know, but we can't ignore it. We must... Figure this out once and for all, and these colourful characters seem to have a pretty good grip on the situation, so I suppose we'll let them do their work and hopefully track down Mr. Wilde. Lucy says, yes, it'd be a shame for a face like his to end up face down in the dirt, wouldn't it? Oh, 
Don't even entertain the thought. Arabella unlocks the front gate and you all head up the driveway to Fenwick Manor. Inside the front hall, there is a heavy pull in the air. From the front hall, you can hear heated words coming from the great room on the left. And from the right, you see the door that's ajar leading to the study where Hubert Fenwick's body was found. Well, do one of these voices sound like my beloved Wilde? No, but one of them does sound like the noted American businessman Edward Dashing. I should probably go to that one first. You violently open the door of the Great Hall and you see Edward Dashing, tall, handsome, sharp-jawed with wavy black hair, screaming at two men who are sitting at the table in front of him. I don't care what the law is in England. I need to read that will now. The door opens and he turns and sees you and he sees uh, Arabella and Lucy. There's a moment of shock, like he's uh, harshly changing gears in a car, but then he suddenly all smiles and tender soft eyes. Darling, this is such a horrible day. I am trying as hard as I can to get this process over with and try to come to a resolution, but these... People are stopping us, sweetheart. They're stopping us from finding happiness. Arabella turns and she says, Archie, is this true? To the servant man who goes, Well, Arabella, there's just a a number of conditions that must be fulfilled before we uh, properly embark on the will reading. So uh, we're just making sure due process is being followed. I've consulted with Mr. Browning here. And the lawyer's like, Yes, the law. There's no way this will happen tonight. It's simply uh, not proper. And Edward wheels around and says, this is not proper. I'm leaving on a ship to America tomorrow. I cannot wait. This bloke's full of bullocks, isn't it? Arabella turns back to you and she says, I'm not sure what we should do. Um, Mr. Dashing, I find it quite shocking that two days after your dear beloved's father was murdered, you're heading on a ship to America Wouldn't you cancel your trip so you can comfort your mourning fiancé? He looks taken aback. He says, Of course Arabella understands that business decisions when they are in motion cannot be easily suspended. Of course my heart belongs to bonnie old England, but in order to keep dashing derbies alive and well... I need to be in America. We need to visit the factories. We need to talk to suppliers. There's a, a great deal of work to be done. I'm, I'm, I'm quite sorry, my pet. Of course, you can come with me if you'd like. I could show you. Uh, they just invented Florida. <laughs> it's pretty great. Wanda maybe like bluffs a little and is like, well, that makes sense. If your business is more important, maybe you could just give up any claim that you might be in the will and go back to America. How does that sound? He grinds his teeth. He says, sorry, who did you all say you were again? Well, if you must know, we represent Sturdy and Wild Detective Agency, and it seems our employer has gone missing in relation to this case. So uh, if you would like justice to be served, perhaps we can all cooperate for a moment. And uh, if anybody knows the whereabouts of one Jonathan Wild, please speak now. In... The long drawn silence that fills the room as Edward Dashing turns white at the mention of Sturdy and Wild Detective Agency, the locator that you rigged up Friday starts beeping. 
softly, the only sound in the room. I hold up the locator. I'm like, oh, what's that, darling? Found something, did you? What, what, what is that? Put that away. Is that a weapon? Got guards? Are there guards? Do you have guards in your house, Arabella? Hush. <laughs> I'm working. You leave her to her work. And if you did anything to Jonathan Wilde, I will never forgive you. I will burn your house to the ground. She's not joking. These baseless accusations are highly offensive. If you have any proof that anyone was involved in Fenwick's murder or Wilde's disappearance, you had better start proving it, or I'll have you thrown out of this manor. Well, would somebody like to accompany me upstairs? Yes. Great. The other two? Keep an eye on this one. And I gesture to Edward. All right. I'll threateningly stand between him and the exit. Wanda and Friday, you hurry up the stairs with Arabella. And she says, Oh, I see. You've recalibrated as a tracking device. That's quite clever. Oh, thank you. But where could it be getting a signal from? That's a great question. I'm not particularly sure. You head up a huge sweeping staircase and down corridors lined with elegant tapestries, taxidermied steam bears. <laughs> I'm not happy with myself. <laughs> and uh, rugs and chandeliers aplenty. You trip over a chandelier and into another chandelier. Um, she, says, she says, sorry, we were just having those cleaned. And at the top of the house, you find a... Uh, small room with uh, faded pink paint on the door uh, and a little sign saying Arabella. She says, this is my childhood bedroom. How could a signal be coming from here? I gesture to the door like, after you. She opens the door and you see the playroom of an eight-year-old girl if that eight-year-old girl only watched Dexter's lab. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There are teddy bears that have been retrofitted with mechanical accoutrement and strange uh, extra pieces sticking out of all their limbs. There are dolls that are creating like a perpetual motion machine and just rolling silently in the corner. And every little girl's, uh, it's an easy bake Tesla coil, other visual gags, etc. And from a pale pink trunk in the corner, you hear thuds against the roof, tapping heavy frantic. Wanda, sprint over, open that shit. The swollen and bruised face of Jonathan Wilde stares up at you. He's been bound and gagged. In his hands is an old abacus that he has wired up and rigged with scrap bits found in Arabella's room to create a second telegraph. Wanda's eyes well up. Oh, you mad genius. Absolutely amazing. We would have never found you without this abacus. And she ties him loose and says... I'm so glad you're okay. Uh, How can I help? A cup of tea? And she puts his jacket around him and she's like catatonic in a good way, I guess. He uh, rests a hand on your shoulder and steadies himself. He says, thank you, Wanda. It's really thanks to Arabella here and all of her little gadgets lying around. I couldn't have done it without her. What do you know? What have you learned? It seems one Edward Dashing is not too pleased about all of this and seems rather suspicious. The daughter's not involved. And there seems to be some pesky business about the will that Edward won't let go. So I'm thinking motive. From downstairs in the Great Hall, you hear a scream. Uh, Downstairs in the Great Hall, Theo and Rock were guarding the door and making sure that nothing untoward happened in this room. Unfortunately, something untoward happened in this room. (laughs) And it's really not your fault. You're doing a great job guarding the door. But 
Lucy, she's not one to sit around and wait for people to come back with answers to questions that she wants now. As soon as the two of them went upstairs, Lucy charged forward and stuck her finger into Edward Dashing's face. She said, You're a rotten wanker, and my sister will never marry you. I'll see to that, and I'll kick you out of this house and out of this family, and you'll be left penniless. How does that sound? And that's when Edward Dashing pulled a steam pistol from his vest pocket and pressed it against Lucy's head. Lucy doesn't scream. She's far too cool for that. But Archie, the servant, let her high. Edward says, nobody move. Everybody stay cool. Being cool is something we invented in America. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like I need to go to America to work at the kinks. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, we have shirts and we're cool. He says, I've had enough of all of you Fenwick freaks. I thought this would be a pretty quick way to score some cash. Arabella seemed like a nice enough girl, but every single day talking to that old man was a waste of my time. He would not let anyone besides Lucy take over the company. She's a drunk. She's a waste of space. She's a lousy card player. I could have made this family great. This family could have taken over the world as long as you changed your name to Dashing Fenwick, hyphenated. But you couldn't have any of that. So now you are going to let me out of this fucked up house. I've got a boat to catch. He starts moving towards the door. Don't try to stop me, or it's curtains for Lucy. Uh, so if, if if you rescind now, you you, you could still uh, uh, couple together your, your reputation. It, it, you, you must see how this looks. You should roll wild to try to convince him. Uh, one, and I have to get above, right? So no. So no. I mean, that's fitting, because like he would just drop the gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you kind of extend your hands and sort of attempt to persuade Edward Dashing, he uh, knocks you in the head with his elbow and you collapse into Rock's arms, your head ringing and your vision blurry for a couple of seconds. Rock, you stumble to catch Theo. Edward Dashing throws Lucy on top of the two of you for good measure and he starts sprinting towards the front door of the house and out across the lawn just as Friday, Wanda, and Arabella accompany Jonathan Wilde down the stairs. All of you are in the foyer watching as Edward Dashing sprints towards maybe your carriage uh, and attempts to flee towards the docks. What do you do? I want to shoot him in the foot. That's that's great. That's definitely um, another wild roll. But I don't think it's roustabouting because I think it would be more pistoleering. Well, I got a five. Brock, give me this final moment as you as you take down the killer. Yeah, so as Edward is running away, I let him get almost to the carriage. He's about to get onto this thing and get away scot-free when he hears the shot of my steam pistol and a searing pain in his Achilles and probably crumbles to the ground. As a spooky, ghostly trail of steam follows the steam pistol shot and Edward Dashing's crass American cries of pain ring out into the London night. All of you stand in shock and horror at the entrance to Fenwick Manor. Arabella's eyes are brimming with tears and she turns and collapses onto her sister, clutching at her shoulder and weeping. Theo, I guess, is being supported by Wanda and Friday rubbing his noggin. And uh, you watch as the lawyer stumbles down the path, calling for help constables roll up from the street corners and Edward Dashing is apprehended. Cut to one week later in the office, closing beat. 
I think I want to start with Wanda, who is very obsessed with Jonathan Wilde. <laughs> you saved his life. You found him when he was stuck, and you uh, probably earned yourself some quite a big favor from him. Uh, what happens the next the, that morning, a week later in the office? Okay, so her two goals are find and save Jonathan Wilde and confess her love to him. Um, and she hasn't done that one yet. So she comes into the office and usually she's like dressed for work. She's not like um, too pampered. Now she's wearing a wedding gown. <laughs> this time she's wearing like a nice red spring spring type dress. Like she is like already ready for a date. And like obviously Wilde is incredibly uh, observant, but she is just like blind when it comes to him. So she assumes he hasn't noticed anything. She's like, Mr. Wilde, uh, Jonathan. Oh, God, I don't even remember what I call you. He cuts you off. He says, I think this is a dangerous game you're playing, Wanda. A game? I, I don't know what you're talking about, but I, well, I don't know if you noticed, but I, I, I quite fancy you. The dress, the hair. It's all perfect. I mean, you're perfect, but I gotta tell you, I'm an action man. I chase down the heat wherever it rises. And I've got an unsavory past and probably some cool scars. <laughs> I don't know if I have any... Probably I do. But if this is going to work, you'd have to accept that danger will be a part of your life. Sunrise to sunset. Never leaves. It only retreats temporarily. Wanda puts the back of her hand to her forehead and says... Jonathan, I'd never want it any other way. I just want to see your genius brain at work every day. You are such a marvel. Then take these train tickets and meet me at Charing Cross Station. Professor Killington is going to be on the 1015 to Southley. And you run off for another adventure. And when I leave for the detective agency out of earshot of Jonathan Wilde, I give out a squeal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Jonathan sitting at his desk or doing something at a time when he's down, uh, Theodore will approach him holding two papers. Towering over his uh, his desk where usually he uh, certainly does not. And he says, Jonathan, I have thoroughly enjoyed my time here, but it is time for me to move on to bigger and better things. I have, and he puts down the first, the first paper, uh, I have a deal now with Fenwick Industries to finally launch my prototype of the steam cool shirt and get it into production as early as next year. And then, in the meantime, because I will be moving up to a bigger and better apartment, here is, and he puts down the other paper, the total amount owing from my time here at Study and Wild. And I expect full payments within the next two weeks or I will see you in court, good sir. Wilde picks up the balance sheet and he scans it with a raised eyebrow and he says, congrats on the deal. I always figured you had a head for that sort of thing. Didn't know why you were working at the detective agency to start with. Mm. No, I paid these. <laughs> sir, you are a charlatan and a vile person if you are trying to convince me that you have, I have, I have been eating beans. He squints at the sheet a little closer. He says, hold on, hold on. This you? He points to the part that says Theodore Flukenheim. Yes, that's me. Oh, yeah, I see the problem here. I thought your name was Teddy. <laughs> Just seek to it that it's paid, sir. Proudly, you storm out of the office and he gives you a, a small salute and a shrug. Like, 
Why do you like this guy? Fuck him. <laughs> He's a genius. I think in Rock's little section of the office where he like keeps his gun polish or whatever and his shoe polish, all of his polishes, um, he has a little corkboard of um, newspaper clippings of cases he works on. And he proudly displays an interview he did about doing in the uh, the terrible Edward Dashing and saving the young Fenwick women. And he just pins up his nice little interview on his corkboard and is satisfied. Daring Darling defeats Dastardly Dashing. Front page, sold a thousand copies. Ooh. You've definitely got a bit of a shine on your reputation now, Rock. Wild uh, walks up behind you and, and pats your shoulder and says, There's a good lad. Before Friday left the Fenwick Manor, she popped Arabella her card and was basically like, call me sometime because you do cool work. So I think the final shot is um, the two of them at a workbench. Friday is showing Arabella how to like modify the device the same way she did to find Wild. And they're, they're having like a cute tinker, tinker sesh. In that top skylit room, the workshop at Fenwick Industries, you glance out and you can see Theo rolling up the path, a new spring in his step, straightened posture as he clutches his important papers to his side and swans through the door, no longer assaulted by the mean guards. (laughs) And the camera pans out over another crazy day in smoky, smoggy, steamy London. Thanks for listening to another Many Realms One-Shot. Today we played Sturdy and Wild's Detective Agency, produced by Big Girl Games. You can download it for free at biggirlgames.us. Sturdy and Wild's Detective Agency is a hack of lasers and feelings by John Harper. We'll be releasing a few more one-shots before we jump into our fourth season, which I'm very excited about. And if you want outtakes from this episode, behind-the-scenes notes, or the chance to name a character after yourself, head on over to patreon.com slash realms. We'll be back in two weeks' time. See you then.